So welcome everybody. Thank you for showing up for our CFUB interview with Extended Space. We have with us Ella, Emily, Danica, and Sammy. Each one of them is going to introduce themselves, their pronouns, and a little bit, uh, some tidbit about themselves so that we can recognize their voices throughout the interview. I was fortunate enough to prepare for this meeting with uh, these lovely folks at uh, QV Bakery a few weeks ago. And now we're all on Zoom because we're trying to be COVID friendly and uh, doing this interview on the unceded territory of the Kwangan people. Thank you everyone for showing up. Who would like to go first? My name is Danica. My pronouns are she or they. I guess a fun fact about me would be is that I'm starting to get into making indigenous jewelry. So I've been beating some earrings lately. Um, that seems to have been a, a hobby of mine lately. Hi, uh, my name is Sammy Forrest. My pronouns are he, him. Fun fact about me could be I was born into a musical family. So I've been doing performing and music and stuff my whole life. Uh, the first role I guess I ever did, I was an elf in a, <laughs> an elementary school production, um, a Christmas show. I took it quite seriously, and I think that was when I was bitten by the theater bug. Hi, I'm Ella. My pronouns are she and her. A fun fact about me is that I really like to do CrossFit every morning. I'm one of those crazy people that goes to the gym at like 5.30 or 6.30 in the morning. That's what I like to do when I'm not performing, just lift heavy things and throw them around. Lovely, lovely. Yeah, I'm on a health kick right now, and I've learned that it's a lifestyle. It's not a quick fix. It's something that I have to stick with my whole life. So I'm trying to eat healthy and go to the gym and go to the swimming pool. So kudos to you for sharing this lovely inspirational story with us. Yeah, thanks. And last but not least. Uh, hello, I'm Emily Duke. Pronouns are she and her. Fun fact about me, I absolutely love to tap dance. I've done dance all my life, but tapping definitely stands out as my favorite. I've been doing it since I was five years old. It gives me so much happiness. It's the only time that I'm like loud. I'm quite a quiet person, but when I tap, you're going to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing the, the, to be like a contradictory that way where you're an introverted or a quiet person, but you have that part of you that's dramatic and wants to express yourself in front of people. I'm sure it takes you out of your comfort zone sometimes, which is a great way to stay astute and um, happy with your art. Definitely. So my lovely people, I know that uh, you are a theater group and I've seen you perform a lovely piece at the VEC, the Victoria Event Center. I was privileged to get some uh, tickets from CFUV for my work with them. And I saw you perform and I was blown away. Can you tell our listeners what kind of group you are, what you do, how you got into this? Anything you'd like to share with someone who doesn't know anything about extended space? We are a pretty new theater company to the Victoria scene. The four of us went to the Canadian College of Performing Arts together. 
we were all really amazing friends and we decided to start this theater company together. So we focus primarily on physical theater, although what does physical theater really mean? We can talk about that later. We're a physical theater company and a lot of the pieces we've been doing recently are around themes of queer identity and coming of age, that sort of stuff. And we like to do a lot of movement and speaking pieces. Yeah, we've developed a piece for Scampede and right now we're fiddling around with a few other things. So we're really excited to be creating theater together. In our preparation for our interview, you mentioned the elements of theater. For someone who's not knowledgeable about theater, how would you explain this concept and what would you like someone to remember about it? Ella just mentioned we are primarily doing physical theater and movement. Physical theater is quite a broad term, I guess. Uh, there's so much we uh, draw from that. We've taken a lot of inspiration from stuff that we've seen in school, stuff that we've studied in school as well. I guess the theater aspect, some of the newer pieces that we're working on, we're trying to bring more dialogue in. I feel like our last piece, we did, we did have dialogue in it, but of course it was largely movement as well. I think the injection of plot and storyline, whether linear or otherwise, is kind of the biggest theater element that we're bringing into our, our newer pieces. I know it's an abstract question because we, we had a conversation going at QV uh, Cafe and Bakery and the elements of theater came up. So it was a more organic question at the time. Mentioning that you took classes together, what were your favorite classes in theater school, whether it's together or separate or even outside theater school, if you took any workshops? Can you talk about that? We did a broad range of things in theater school, and I think some of the things that stood out to us the most as creators um, was a class called ARC with um, Jessica Hickman. She runs Open Pit Theater. She works with the Wonderheads a lot. So she works a lot with like puppetry and a lot of physical movement. So we did a lot of really great exercises with her, um, like things called chair duets, or we would improvise our own things, or we would make um, this thing called tiny box tails, where we had three feet to basically fit four people and build a story based off like an old tale. And I just think it really inspired us to kind of create our own work and kind of explore physicality in ways that we hadn't before. I think to add on that, I think that was definitely one of our favorite classes just because it was so open. There was really no wrong way to create, but also going to a performing arts school, all of our classes gave us something. We basically use little things from each class. We had multiple acting classes kind of focusing on different things, like working on specific scenes. All of them basically taught us like how to work with other people and work with not necessarily people that you want to work with. But I think that experience in performing arts school for two, three years helped us create this company because we all have something different that we're bringing to the table through theater school. Like we learned what our strengths were. So now we have a stronger, uh, a stronger foundation. <laughs> Our second year was largely focused on devising. I felt like like uh, 
<laughs> all the classes were really focused on that, like ARC specifically, but we also had a career management class where we each uh, were randomly selected into groups and we created our own company. And so we went through the whole process of how you do that, coming up with the name, budget, logos, you know, the, the fun stuff, and then the, the hard stuff, the academic stuff. And that was really inspiring for us to make a company as well. In fact, three of us, you three, right, were in the same group mm -hmm. in school as well. So that was super helpful going out into the real world, as they say, after school. What a fun <laughs> adventure. I'm, I'm so excited to learn more about your future projects, which I'll ask you about later. I bet that theater for you is like food for the soul. So when you're hungry for theater, what do you read or watch when you're craving a piece of theatrical expression? I'm reading a book right now by Frantic Assembly, who is just this absolutely incredible physical theater devised theater company. I'm reading kind of, it's kind of autobiographical in some senses, but there's also a lot of exercises to use to devise or to use when you teach. I'm reading that book right now and Frantic Assembly is just, I'd say one of my biggest inspirations in creating. So just learning so much from this book and imagining things as I read this book and creating tiny pieces and I already need to go back and read it again. That's currently what I'm devouring. For me, I get on these kind of rabbit holes on YouTube basically because I have a dance background and I'm like super interested in choreography. I just look up different choreographers and their style and how they got into choreographing and how they put together a piece. And I basically just find different choreographers and companies as I go. And YouTube is like so good at giving you the next thing, <laughs> like the next videos. I think when I'm feeling maybe less inspired or I want, I hunger for creating, I, I find my inspiration from the people who are actually successful at it <laughs> and know what they're doing. Similarly, I definitely go through um, the same thing. I sometimes get super fixated on certain people mm -hmm. that have been super successful in our industry, and they're really interesting to look into their processes and whatnot. Specifically after Stephen Sondheim's passing in November, I went through a whole bunch of, I was watching like hour-long interviews and documentaries and whatnot about him because he's such an incredible person and his process, like, like I even, <laughs> I even after school, I went through and took notes, kind of doing my own research. You know, he's made so much work, not only like a lot of work, but a lot of work that has touched a lot of people and just going and trying to pick apart the minds of people that are really influential in the arts industry. I'm super inspired by that as well. For me, well, I did a stage reading actually in November at UVic through the Staging Equality Project. I got to meet Kim Senkla-Parvi, who is also um, a UVic alumni actually a life-changing experience for me is seeing someone, an Indigenous artist, be so successful. We got to read her play Kamloopa. It was just so inspiring to see the change and the power of theatre and education that you can get from the arts. And it just inspired me to start writing. It inspired me to kind of look into more opportunities because there really is so much happening right now in the world. Like there's so much social commentary we can make. And there's just so much room for change. And so she's just like, she's so, she's so brilliant. She's so smart. I was just blown away the entire time. And it just inspired me to, to create my own work too. 
Wow, that's amazing. You all had lovely answers. So we're going to go to our music section right now because uh, we're at a radio station and we love music. So Danica, can you tell us about your music choice and why you chose it? I chose Somewhere from the new West Side Story movie. And specifically, I was drawn to it because it's Rita Moreno who is singing this versus the West Side Story ensemble in the original production. It really is so touching to me because she originated the role of Anita in the 1961 movie. And that movie was so special to me as a kid because it was really one of the first movie musicals that I found. And that was really just kind of the turning point into discovering my passion for theater. We're going to go to West Side Story's song. Sorry, what is it again? Somewhere. Somewhere. We'll be back after the song.
That was Somewhere by Rita Moreno, Danica's choice for our show today. Thank you so, so much, Danica. When I saw you at the Victoria Event Center, all of you, you performed a phenomenal piece. Can you tell our listeners about the piece and how this story came to life? What are things you're proud about and what are things you could have done differently? Our piece is called Grasp, and we originally created it for Scampede in 2021. It is a queer piece specifically about the themes of hand-holding. So it's a very specific physical theater movement and spoken word piece having to do with how it feels to be a queer person and express affection with your partner in a public setting. We performed it at a site-specific outdoor theater festival, which was quite the experience. It was the middle of the heat wave, and we had just cars and buses zooming by as we're screaming about what it feels like to be a queer person in the middle of downtown. It was an absolutely amazing opportunity, and there were so many people afterwards that came to tell us how touched they were by our performances. We had people recite poetry to us, and we had a few people tell us that they're just coming out to their family and how much this piece spoke to them. So it was really incredible just to receive that kind of feedback. And then um, when you saw our piece at the Victoria Event Center, we were asked by our friend Alexa, who produced Dance Encounters, if we could sort of revamp our piece through a bit of a thematically dance-oriented lens. So we went back and we changed our piece to be sort of more movement focused. And then you saw the second edition of it, which was just another cool way that this piece has sort of changed and morphed. And I'm sure it's going to come back again at some point in some other capacity. It's a piece we're still working on. Danica, my name is Dana, as you know. I'm of an Indigenous people from the Middle East, and I had a passion for theater before going to university. That was many lives ago. Uh, When I told my parents I wanted to study drama, they told me I could do whatever I wanted and reach whatever goal I wanted to reach, but I should consider how my choices of study will help me bring a sustainable income when I graduate. They encouraged me to study business, which was my first degree before my diploma of social justice studies at the University of Victoria, which is how I got into radio. You mentioned to me that you are an Indigenous artist, and I am wondering if you can speak about how you identify as an Indigenous person and how your family reacted to your choice to study theatre. So I grew up with my mother, who is mostly white for the most part. I did kind of have that little bit of a disconnect from my culture growing up. Anyways, my mother has always been so, so supportive of whatever I wanted to do. So it was never really an issue about, oh, what kind of money are you going to make? Or, oh, that's not sustainable. Or, you know, you're not going to have a steady career. And Honestly, I think that's kind of what drew me into it in the first place was that I like never knowing what's going to happen next and that there's always room for all this growth and change and that, I don't know, the nine to five just doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me. (laughs) But speaking more, you know, um, as an indigenous actor, arts is so important to our culture, dancing, singing, drumming, music is so important and just art in general. My father, he makes wood, wood, woodwork, 
He makes jewelry. I'm starting to try out some beading. So it's never really been, I I don't think it should be an issue for, for Indigenous families, you know, to kind of look downly on that. And, you know, going further into that, I think in general, families should support their kids going into the arts because, you know, it is seen as like some sort of lesser career and, oh, you know, just because it's not steady, it's necessary and it's, it's needed. We need art to survive the pandemic. People turned to art and TV and movies and they needed to ingest something while they were sitting at home all day. So we rely on artists so heavily and to have this other opinion about them. It's just, it's so contradictory and it just doesn't make any sense to me. So if any parents are listening, support your children, let them do theater. <laughs> I love your answer, Danica. What a great Thank you. answer. I've learned that uh, in the end, it's your passion that should drive you in life. And I'm in the process of applying to a writing program right now to write plays. So fingers crossed, uh, I have to take two courses first before I can actually get admitted into the program. So fingers crossed, I'll get admitted. So. Oh, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> I haven't given up. Thank you. I haven't given up. I totally support what you're saying. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And now uh, my next question is to Sammy. Sammy, what are your future plans and where do you see your theater group going in the future? Going straight out of college, all these uncertainties in general, but especially during the pandemic, I personally felt like I needed to take a little bit of a hiatus from the intensive program. It was six days a week, 12 hours a day. I feel like I just needed a breather. <laughs> And now that we're coming up to a year after graduation, I feel like I'm definitely ready to get back into everything and um, uh, dive in head first. But I do feel like what we're doing right now feels like a really good way to ease back in as a company. I'm surrounded by people that I'm inspired by and that I care for. And we are we inspire each other and the work we care about the work that we're doing. And that's definitely a driving force for sure. Our passions are aligning, so that really helps us out as a group um, in the work that we're doing. Yeah. Do you have anything to say about music and theater? The first thing that comes to mind for me is I'm listening, I'm always listening to musicals all the time, especially when I'm on the bus, listening to lots of Broadway soundtracks. And I found myself gravitating lately towards the last song in every musical. I feel like mm -hmm. those ones always move me to tears <laughs> most of the time. And I'm like very interested in what that link is through all of them musically, whether that's thematically or if that's got something to do with, you know, chord progressions or I don't know. I just find it really interesting in musicals in general. They can introduce some themes for you in the beginning that don't mean, you know, a whole lot yet. But then by the end of the musical, they, it comes back and it hits you tenfold um, with emotions because the meaning has changed. And I feel like with music, that's really incredible. <laughs> I mean, I could go on about musicals for hours there. Sammy, can you introduce the song that you chose to our listeners and tell us why you chose it? So the song that I chose is from the Broadway musical, uh, Come From Away. The song I chose is called In The Bar slash Heave Away from the um, original Broadway cast. And that one actually is tied to the next song in the soundtrack called Screech In. The musical is about 9-11. It's about... Um, there was some communities in Newfoundland that were basically housing all these planes that were rerouted during and after the terrorist attack. All these people were rerouted to Newfoundland. And so all the residents there in these tiny, tiny towns had to 
their population doubled, tripled overnight, and they had to house all these strangers. And this story is about unity and the hospitality of people and the goodness of humankind. I'm always really touched by stories like that. Something that touches me deeply is stories of unity. I think that stuff really moves me always. And this moment is my favorite moment in the musical because they've all come together. They've all been through these traumatic events and now they're all coming together and celebrating all the good that's come out of it and all the, the relationships that they found. And they're kind of unleashing. They're going <laughs> unhinged, I guess. <laughs> and they're all, they're all drinking and dancing and everybody's actually being brought together by the power of music. The, the locals are bringing out their instruments and their, I can't find the word for it, but you know, the songs that we uh, have as a community. Um, yeah. I heard about this play. Did you actually see it? No, I didn't, but I really wish I could. You I know, would love please, to see that one. I would, oh my gosh, if I watched it live, I would cry the entire time. And I say that without a doubt. But you know what? They actually put it on, was it Apple Disney Plus? Plus Disney Plus. I think it was Apple. It was Apple. They did um, a professional recording of the show. So I did get to see like a really well recorded version of it. It's fantastic. Oh my God. Can you introduce the song one more time before we play it? <laughs> yes. It's called In the Bar slash Keep Away by the Come From Away original Broadway cast.
Ella, how do you nurture the artist in you? The major thing I would say that I do is I'm one of those strange people that reads the newspaper every morning. So I sit down with my coffee and spend like 20 minutes just reading about what's going on in the world. I find that that is always inspiring me. I feel connected through reading about what's happening in the world and curious to explore and create. Any reading I find really nurtures the artist in me and inspires me. Yeah, and just, I guess, setting aside time each week to create or write, whether you're inspired or not, just planning, I'm going to spend this hour next Saturday morning and I'm going to spend it being creative. And even if you're not feeling necessarily inspired going into that hour, usually by the end you've created something, whether it's good or not, but it gets like the creative juices moving. And I find that to be a really useful way of just nurturing my creativity. Other than that, spending time with this group of people, like they inspire me and they nurture the artist in me. And I'm always inspired to create just through spending time with them and bouncing my ideas off theirs. So yeah, that always helps. Can you tell us, do you have any um, ideas about how music and theater interrelate in your life? Yeah, when I was in grade three, my music teacher was a man named Brooke Maxwell, and he wrote like the hit musical Ride the Cyclone. He kind of taught me that, I guess he nurtured the weird and wacky side of the music in me. For example, <laughs> we got to create just songs, anything we wanted it to be about in grade three. And they were all just absolutely ridiculous songs, but like monkeys and pigs flying on carpets. And he helped <laughs> us like set them to music. And then we all performed these wacky little songs for our parents. And I remember that was one of the first times that I think music and theater really lined up for me. And I felt being really odd <laughs> was kind of this theatrical gift. Oddly, my grade three music teacher, who is a wonderful, wonderful man who I still am very privileged to spend time with. I think he was one of the main reasons that sort of I started moving towards pursuing theater. Amazing how music's, music influenced you that way. That's lovely. Yeah, definitely. And having someone who will just let you go wherever you want creatively with music is that's just such a gift. Totally. Ella, I know you also chose a song for us. Can you tell us what it is and why you chose it? Yes, I chose a song by Fleetwood Mac called Songbird. This piece is really special to me because it's the first song that I ever used to create a piece of theater. So the piece was called Women Who Mean Business. It's a piece about like intergenerational female relationships and about me, my mom, and my grandmother how women cope with grief and loss and persevere through challenges and heartbreak. And they continue to mean business, even in the hardest of times. So this was the song that sort of inspired the creation of the piece. It's really special to me because it's the first piece of theater I ever made. It's called Songbird by Fleetwood Mac. Thank you very much. We're going to listen to Songbird right now.
Thank you, Ella. That was great. And last but not least, Emily, we get to you. Tell our listeners how, as a theater artist and a movement artist, how do you warm up and stay nimble in the art of movement? I was very good at being a dancer. I kind of grew up knowing how to warm up my body, knowing how to get ready to use it. In school, we were doing sometimes six hours of dance a day. Um, Warming up your body was very important. My struggle now is finding the time to actually spend time on my body and not take it for granted and knowing that when I do need to use it for theater or dance or whatever, that it's going to be ready for me. In my like daily life, especially now that I'm basically working two jobs and I'm not regularly in dance classes, I'm kind of always stretching, always. I do a lot of roll downs at work. I I will just like take this. I'm like, oh, my, my hip is sore today. Let me stretch that out. I work at a coffee shop and I'll just be behind the bar, like stretching. And I think you got to have no shame. <laughs> I was tired the other day. I put your coffee in a dance performance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they get coffee on a show. <laughs> I take the time at home as well, especially when I have a day off or a couple hours before I have to go somewhere. Just being like, no, I'm not going to watch this reality TV show. I'm going to lay out a yoga mat and I'm just going to stretch and just know that I have used my body that day. I think that's really important (laughs) to just prioritize even when you don't think you need to. And Emily, do you have any stories about how music and theater interrelate in your life? I started theater when I was like nine years old. I started taking classes and looking at musicals. Like I've, I, I was, I had the opportunity to be in uh, this theater company in Kelowna, and we put on a lot of a lot of musicals. I guess over the years, I've discovered a lot of different musicals, um, a lot of different kinds. I'm constantly trying to find like new musicals to listen to. I rely on music in my life to basically help me with my emotions. If I'm feeling sad, I will listen to a sad musical. I think it really helps me just to just feel how I'm feeling. Yeah, musicals just make you feel so much. songs and musicals just I don't know they just create this whole other story and emotion that like not all other music does I don't know because there's like a story behind it and a lot of the time in musicals like it's about true stories real people I rely on on that a lot especially right now this whole year being away from performing and just being in that world I rely on listening to different uh, musicals. I think Come From Away has definitely been one that I have had on repeat <laughs> a lot because it just, it's basically like one big roller coaster of emotions. Amazing. I remember you chose a song for us. So can you tell us what you chose and why you chose it? So this one's not from a musical, but I'm sure most people know it. Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. I love this song. It always brings me to tears. Me and my sister, it's kind of our collective favorite song. I don't really know why. 
as soon as I listen to the lyrics, it really reminds me of her and the struggles she goes through. So whenever I listen to it, I think of her. It just has like a special place in my heart. Um, I guess it was kind of like a childhood song too. It just makes me feel happy. Thank you so much for sharing that. My sister lives far away. So when I listen to this song, I'll remember you and your sister for sure. (laughs) That's awesome. So we're going to play Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls, uh, which is a song that Emily chose for us. And we'll be back.
Danica, going back to you, would you like to add anything? Music and, and musicals in general. There's a saying, when you can't speak, you sing. And when you can't sing, you dance. Um, so I just think that's so special in musicals. It just brings you to tears sometimes. Live performances are just absolutely insane. Like I understand, I don't think it's fair necessarily how Broadway tickets are so expensive, but they're just respecting their craft. It's just, it's so, so beautiful. Sometimes words just aren't enough to display your emotions and a crazy riff or like a crazy dance break just is so, I don't know, what's the word? Powerful, impactful, yeah. Kind of euphoric. Yeah. Like, there's no other, no other feeling. Yeah, to do it or to watch it. We're talking to Extended Space, a theater group here in Victoria, British Columbia. I uh, have uh, a question for all of you that I hope you can share some information about. Can you tell us how people can connect with you and your theater group? Our website is extendedspacetheater.com. Or you can find us on Instagram, which is at Extended Space Theater. Do you have any shows that you like to plug in for our listeners uh, in the near future or in the summer or... We're working on two projects right now. Um, we have one uh, called Bias, kind of a short comedic play slash movement piece, exploring like the themes of self-discovery, stigma, identity within the bisexual experience. Because honestly, bisexuality is not completely accepted or understood from either sides of, say, the a straight perspective or the completely opposite like a queer perspective as well. So we're exploring that. The play examines internalized biphobia and the stigma bisexual people experience within the heterosexual and LGBTQ audio, uh, community. That's lovely. I look forward to seeing this when uh, you're done preparing for it and when it's on stage. Uh, there you yeah, we look forward to having you in the audience. Whenever <laughs> Thank you. It's an amazing topic for sure. Well, thank you so much, Danica, Sammy, Ella, and Emily. Thank you so much for your time. This has been a pleasure to talk to you about Extended Space. So the Instagram group, Instagram handle is it's Extended Space, right, Danica? Extended Space Theater. The Extended Space Theater. So you can follow Extended Space Theater on Instagram and learn about their new projects coming up or what they're doing right now and hope to have you here soon so we can discuss some more interesting topics about theater and where your journey is taking you. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is awesome. We really appreciate it.